0: We shifted from there, as you know, we looked at some, some things that Satan does. You know, we're not ignorant of his devices, right? We should not be ignorant of his devices. And there's some things that Satan throws at us uh, that, that helps us, you know, to, to stay alert and aware of who, where it's coming from. If we're not careful, we'll think it's coming from people. And then you, then you, then you mess up unity in the body. And, uh, and don't get me wrong, Satan uses people to mess stuff up. And if we're not careful, we will, we will look to the individual causing the problem and we'll stop there and not go beyond them to where the real culprit lies. And uh, he's our enemy and he would love to, he, loves to, he has come to kill and to, and to maim and to destroy. And uh, he loves to bust up unity and he loves to put people at odds with each other. Anything to stop the work of the gospel. Satan loves to do that. And he attacks us by attempting us to by tempting us to sin, right? And that's the, that's the end of it all, right? It's to, it's sin. It's it is sin. It is to get sin into our life, to put a wedge between us and God, to keep us ineffective, ineffective uh, for the gospel. I have watched uh, some people that are that we know. I've watched their lives. I've been watching of late and and watching things. And it's amazing how Satan works sometimes. And and uh, you know when you when you get out of the will of God, you know it. And then when you're out of the will of God, you'll find out it's it's you don't want to be around him as much <laughs> because there's a wall there, you know. So you'll watch they'll start they'll start missing church. They'll start creating new patterns in their lives. They'll start, you know, adding new stuff in their life that replaces church and everything else. And the reason they can't handle being in church because they're out of the will of God. They know it, and it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable, so they start backing away. That's Satan's goal. It's what he loves to do, and we don't want him to do that, right? <clears throat> and so some of the ways he, com- he attacks us, we've looked at things like fear, Right? And discouragement and things like that. Today we've looked at this just recently, and I'm trying to remember where, but we've not gone through this whole uh, beyond the beyond verse one and two. But we've looked at complaining, and I don't know. We're here again. It's it's uh, it's here. Satan uses complaining, complaining to get us uh, to get away from God. He 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 tempts us to complain. Now, there are things to complain about. I love the illustration we have of David because David really was a complainer. He actually was. But if you notice the pattern of David, he complained to God. And then God, he tempered that complaining with truth. And then at the end of it, you'd watch, and David would say, Well, blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, he'd come out, and it was just a changed attitude, right? And uh, you, you've probably seen that in your children or in workplaces. Somebody comes, and they're complaining, and you set them down. And you go, Well, here is this, 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 and this. And they go, Oh, okay. Well, wow, that's great. And off they go, and they're fine, right? We, you have tempered the complaining with truth. And we've got to be careful because Satan tempts us to complain. And we've got to be ready with the Word of God to temper the complaining with truth. Yeah. And so complaining, I have a list of things here that complaining is. Complaining is a rejection of the will of God. Yeah. Do, you not, do we not believe that God allows us to get into situations at times? He brings us to certain things that we don't really like per se. Uh, listen, uh, the one up here teaching about complaining is very, very aware of how easy it is for them to complain. All right. Uh, there's a lot of injustice out there. There's a lot of things that we could complain about. And, uh, and so complaining is a rege- can be a rejection of the will of God. Complaining can be a rejection of the wisdom of God. We, we, we complain when we think we can do a better job. I would have done that. I mean, we don't ever say that to God, do we? Now, Lord, I would have done better than that. All right. But sometimes in our complaining, that's what we're saying. In essence, I would have done better than that. Complaining is a rejection of the authority of God, right? When we don't get our way. And complaining comes into our life. Complaining is a rejection of the power of God. It's rejection of the power of God. A lot of times we complain when fear comes. Fear brings about a lot of complaining. And uh, so that happens. Complaining is a rejection of the goodness of God, right? It's a rejection, it can be a rejection of, of the goodness of God and complaining comes, can come from an unthankful spirit, an unthankful attitude, an unthankful heart, right? Uh, uh, listen, we're told to give thanks in everything, right? Give thanks in everything. And if we are thankful in everything, right, if we're truly thankful in everything, it's kind of hard to complain about those things, right? And so we're going to look at this today. I know it's a real, a real joy to think about already this early in the morning, but uh, it, it'll help you. It'll help us And how to have vict- a victorious life. Don't forget, saints, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. He desires to have you ineffective, sitting at home, grousing over your problems, upset at the world, unhappy, right? That's, that's his goal. And you say, well, that's kind of dra-. Listen, it's where it ends. If you allow it to go to its furthest conclusion, that's where, that's where it ends. And, and we don't want that today, so we're going to be equipped a little bit more. God does not like complaining against his purposes. He doesn't like complaining against his provisions. But today I want to look at God doesn't like complaint against his authority yeah that's an easy one to complain about isn't it authority right and uh whether we like it or not we we are all under authority Everybody in this room is under authority. If there were children in the room, they'd be under adults. Adults are under authority at work, and they're under authority if they, if they, have, if they are the boss, and they are under the authority of all of, their, uh, all of their customers. Somebody goes, tell me one time, I'd, lo- I'd be great to work for myself. I mean, I'd be my own boss. And I'm like, no, every client of yours now becomes your boss. You don't go home and leave it in the office. You go home and bring everything with you and they're calling you at all hours of the day and emailing and texting. No, no, it's not, you know, you, know, you have authority over you. Law enforcement and military, wives to husbands, husbands under God, pastors to God. I mean, everybody is under authority in some way in our life. And one of the marks of maturity uh, in, in just a, in any life and then especially in the life of a believer It's how we deal and how we handle, how we accept, how we receive the authority in our life. Remember what obedience is? It's immediately and exactly watching it, the right attitude. And it's the attitude a lot of times that gets us with authority, doesn't it? Yeah, you'll do it, but... Right. And uh, listen, that's an attack. That's a satanic attack to get us there. Oh, you know, sometimes, sometimes our flesh say It doesn't need much help of Satan, right? <laughs> but it is an attack. And many, many young people, you know, they don't like answering to dad and mom, you know. And, uh, but the good news is you'll get out of the house someday, right? If they're, they'll, they'll get out of the house someday like we all did. And then we'll be aware that maybe just those two over us wasn't such a bad thing. Now, wow! We got a lot more over us. Now we've got everybody. You know, there's all sorts of things. So one of the evidences that Satan is attacking a church, or is attacking a home, or is attacking a personal life, is is when you watch in your life, when you watch in your heart, complaining against authority. And I want to look at this this morning. We were there just not too long ago, right? Numbers chapter eleven. The complaint was this in Numbers chapter eleven: Miriam and Aaron were complaining about Moses. Right? The big problem was because he married that Ethiopian. Right? Moses, you know, wife has died. He's remarried, and uh, they they didn't. What they said the problem was, was was he married the Ethiopian woman? And obviously, it wasn't God's problem. God never corrected him. God didn't say, no, you shouldn't have married him. But uh, Miriam seems to be the ringleader here, and she didn't like her new sister-in-law. I don't know if that ever happens in life. I don't know if that sounds normal. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, and the new sister-in-law they don't like. And uh, But watch what this leads to. It leads to actually them beginning to question uh, Moses' authority, not chapter 11, chapter 12. I'm sorry. Chapter 12, we already looked. That's why I thought we, I don't know why I wrote down 11. That was totally wrong. 12, look at verse 1. And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he married an Ethiopian woman. Now we've got that settled, don't we? He married an Ethiopian woman, all right? And they said, look look what they say here. This is crazy. Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? hath he not spoken also by us? Now back to chapter 11, remember they were complaining and it said the Lord heard it. They didn't learn real well, did they? Here in chapter 12, they spoke against Moses himself and his authority, saying, well, God could speak to us as well. God has spoken to us as well. Look at this. And the Lord heard it. God doesn't miss complaining. He doesn't miss it. He doesn't let it go. He does not like complaining. So the two complaints are does God only speak by Moses and the other one was hasn't God spoken by us, right? Let me give you a heads up. When when people are complaining about authority in their life, they are wanting three things. There's three things that they're actually going after. Number 1, they want to be in charge. Number 2, they want to be in charge. Number three, they want to be in charge. Yeah, I, I numbered them for you so you'd remember them. Yeah, yeah. Why? Because they don't. Because they, they don't want somebody over them telling them what to do. Come on, we all get there, don't we? Yeah. No, there's some that you can take the authority it's just fine. That's not the test for us. The test for us is the one that you don't want telling you to do. And God many times will move that person into your life to teach us. The one who's not as competent, the one who is not as smart, the one who has been at the job as long as you have, the one who is you know is is not as conscientious as you are. It seems like they get into a position and they start having the authority that's given to them from your authority, and all of a sudden they're, they're telling you what to do, and you just, yeah. just kind of gets to you, doesn't it, Brother Allen? Yeah. Anyway, I'm not saying that Allen has anybody that, I'm just asking him if that's true or not, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is, absolutely, yeah. Because let's face it, right, we'd all be happier for a little while, without somebody telling us what to do. Right. That'd be great. But you know what? it's not good for us and it's not good for those around us. So Aaron and Miriam they've lodged their complaint to God or they haven't told it to God. They were just obviously they're just complaining. They have lodged their their complaint there in verses 2 and 4, God is going to respond to them. And i tell you what, be careful, this is rough. And, he, and, and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken by Moses only, only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Verse 3, Now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. I've said this many times, meekness is not weakness, right? Meekness is power under control. Power under control. Moses, I think, could have very easily gone to the Lord and said, be done with them. Get them out of here. Right. I I think God would have probably listened to him. (laughs) I mean, when God wanted to destroy Israel, he said, hey, Moses, I will destroy everything and I'll start over with you and we'll go on from here. And Moses says, please don't do that. Don't do that, Lord. What what are the Egyptians going to think? What what he what was Moses was con- Moses was concerned about the character of God's name and what the lost world thought about him. Boy, that's something good to think about. And so he 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 could have gone on. The Bible says, over there he was a the meekest man on the face of the earth." And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses. I tell you, he didn't waste time. God God heard it and he showed up immediately. And he spake suddenly unto Moses and and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. Good move. (laughs) Right? Right? You Remember growing up and your dad said, get over here. And it's like, okay, I think I'm going. Right? Or get in the house or go to your room or go here and go there. And there's something about that sudden tone that you thought, this better be quick. (laughs) We're not adding anything to the problem, right? And they did, and they, they came out, and the Lord came down in the pillar of, of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. This is serious. God is meeting with them in the way that He is able to, because if He came any other way, it would have killed them, His presence there. He came in the way that He was able to, to, to meet with them face to face. Complaining is a big deal. I can't say it enough. It's a big deal. He meets with them the same way that he meets with Moses one-on-one. He came down to the pillar of cloud. He came to the door of the tabernacle. He called on Miriam and Aaron, and they both came forth. So here's three of them, right? The siblings lined up, right? Mom and dad are gone, but God's not. (laughs) They're lined up, and you know what? Miriam, Aaron, come here. You know, they step forward, and Moses is like, "Uh uh-oh. Some of you that have siblings, you know, sometimes when you, you heard them wailing and getting beat, you just kind of walked away quietly, like, okay, I don't want to get caught in this one. I don't want to get caught in the crossfire, right? And you just kind of major, major, right, or you kind of, yeah, watched. I was heading up to my brother's room because I knew he was about to get beat, and I heard dad go, go downstairs, I'm like. Yep, and then the wailing did ensue. So anyway, yeah. So Moses and uh, Miriam and Aaron step forward. Moses is sitting back there, you know, and uh, he says here, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Now, the first inference seems here that God hasn't spoken to Miriam and Aaron this way. He hasn't spoken to them into in a dream or in a vision. <clears throat> Remember what they said? Has he not spoken by us also? And it seems like God's saying, no, I haven't. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, uh, and look at this, what he goes on to say, verse 7. <clears throat> so if there's a prophet out there, God says, I know them and I speak to them in visions and dreams. But Moses is even above this. Well, look at this. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. I love when God defends His own. And He defends us. Praise the Lord for that, right? It, uh, with Him, I will speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, right? He, what, What's that mean, apparently? He gets to see the very image of God. Right? Even apparently... And not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold, wherefore, then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses. Whoa. There is listen, there is nothing. We're not he's not mincing words, he's not using parables and word pictures or anything like that. It's like I I find my own prophets, I reveal myself. By dreams and visions, which I have not done with you two. But even at that, Moses is even above that. And so why on earth do you think it would have been okay to speak against him? he Well, number one, he's shown an authority structure. Prophets, listen, prophets had an authority. Obviously, Moses had a greater authority. He said, he's faithful in all my own house. I speak to him mouth to mouth. Apparently, look at not in dark speeches. I tell him exactly what I want him to know. I don't, I don't cloud it at all. Wow. And so, God's response was based... Watch this. God's response to, Mo, to Miriam and Aaron was based upon Moses' closeness and obedience to God. You see verse 7, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. Yeah. So, it makes us wonder, doesn't it? Maybe God doesn't stand up for some of us as quickly as this, because maybe we're just not as quickly obedient as Moses was. Yeah. See, the way we respond to authority, the way we respond to authority dictates the way God responds to to those who challenge our authority. Can I say that again? I, I don't know. You're looking at me like, I don't know. The way we respond to authority. We see it here in the text. The way we respond to authority dictates, it seems to dictate the way God responds to those who challenge our authority. You know, there's some children that are, I mean, just so unruly, and you can look at their parents and you go, well, sure. You're just about as disobedient to your Heavenly Father. Yeah. I mean, you see it, amen? I mean, I've seen it. You see it all over the place. Remember this one individual we we know, and (laughs) the child was running all over the church building, and she said, exasperated, he never comes when I call. And I said, "Will you name the kid Jonah. What do you expect? <laughs> His name was Jonah. I was like, come on. Yeah. So God was angry here in verse 9. He is very angry. Look at and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. It's like, here it is. I'm angry. Boom, and I'm out of here. And they, he just leaves them standing. I mean, that, that's pretty fright, you know, frightening as well. It's because now here's the thing. Well, what's next? I mean, you know, you know, judgment's rolling around now. What's going on? And uh, and here's God's. Here's what happens in in, in our text, yeah. verse ten. God rewards the rebellion. They're standing there, and all of a sudden, you know what they notice? Leprosy's coming up on Miriam. Look at verse ten. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us. Now, Aaron did include himself in the sin. You say, why did Miriam get the leprosy? Well, obviously, Miriam, I mean, God knows the heart. Miriam, obviously, is the one who was the ringleader of all of this and started it all. And he said, "Lay not the sin upon us, wherein uh, we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned." So uh, uh, Aaron asked Moses for forgiveness, asked God to Mary, uh, Moses to to go before God. Miriam is shut out of the camp for seven days, and uh, it affected everybody around them. No, the I guess maybe Aaron might have been a little bit concerned; he would have caught the leprosy as well. You know, it is contagious but she was put out of the camp. And watch this. Her sin, their sin, caused all of the camp of Israel to have to wait seven days. They had to sit there and wait for her. Listen, friend. Our sin hinders the movement of the body. Our rebellion hinders the forward movement of the church. Sometimes it's not always the case, but sometimes churches are stagnant just because there's sin in the body. And they're going to be sitting out of the camp for a little while, waiting for the leprosy to clear up so they can move on. Leprosy is a type of sin. I could go uh, spend a lot of time describing leprosy. You know, leprosy can, can, can stay in the body undetected under the skin, under the surface for up to 10 years before it finally shows itself. Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, illustration here with sin. A lot of sin in the body can go undetected, and then it shows up later. The best thing is, in the life of the child of God, we have an indwelling Spirit of God. And the best thing for us to do to keep the body from sitting around for seven days or whatever, not moving forward, the best thing for us to do, is to be obedient to the Spirit of God and deal with the sin in our life and deal with it quickly. Reminds me of Galatians six nine, be not deceived. Right? God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. What do we see here? God doesn't like complaining against his authority, and he and he disciplines it out of our life. He disciplines it. The innocent are even affected. Verse fifteen, I just told you. Look what it says here. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people uh, journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. They had to wait for one person. Think about this. Out of about two million, a million and a half to two million people traveling through this wilderness, one person held up two million from forward movement. Don't think one individual can't hinder a body of 30 or 50 or 100 or 200. And so, the innocent are affected as well. So, let me move on here. I'm going to skip over some things. I'm going to jump over here to something else. How are we supposed to respond to authority? How are we supposed to respond... Uh, is it possible to respond correctly to authority while you still disagree with authority? Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure it is. And I will give you a couple examples of that here in just a minute. But if you would turn over to Romans chapter 13, it's a a very common proof text of of authority and especially authority in governments. And boy, isn't that difficult? with our government, our godless government that we have. But can I remind you, Rome was a godless government too. It was pretty bad. There is no foundation of the gospel with Rome. And uh, Look what the Apostle Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Verse 1, we know this, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power, that power meaning authority, there is no power but of God, The powers that be are ordained of God. So we know what happens when we we complain against authority. Ultimately, we're complaining against God. Because God is one who establishes authority. And so, how do we respond to this? He said, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. And that word subject, uh, of course, I'm going to get in this here in a little bit. But uh, that word subject is, is very imperative. Obviously, we know that Peter at one time said we ought to obey when he was told not to preach. And he said we ought to obey God rather than man. And there does come a time when, yes, God's law supersedes man's law. And we are obedient to God rather than man. And we're not, I'm not talking about that today. Okay? I'm not talking about, you live in China and they say, well, you'll have one child, which they've gotten rid of that. But you'll have one child and you, you will abort the rest. Well, as a believer, we say, well, no, we're not. And whatever we have to do to make sure we're not found, we will do. You know, um, you know. There's coming a day, of course. There's even all over the U.S. and in Canada, the laws get written more and more about uh, preaching out on the streets or or uh, uh, putting up signs in front of an abortion clinic or something like that. And they'll say, well, you can't do that. And and a lot of times, it's not illegal. They just like to th- like you to think it is. But even if it were illegal, we would say, well, we obey God rather than man, right? We are to preach the gospel. We are to preach it against error. And I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is those that are subject, those of us that are subject to the higher power. If God has ordained certain offices with authority, right, by obeying those so we're obeying those offices we're obeying, we're, we are obeying God. So it says here, everyone is subject. It, let every soul be subject and it's something that we have to choose and do. right We can say no to it. We can rebel against that right no authority, there's no authority except what God has allowed. You say, well, this is bad authority. Well sometimes God allows bad authority in our life. He does. I mean, it happens a lot, and it's to train us. It's to teach us. It's to it's to help us. All all authority, though, if if there is somebody in a place of authority and they have gotten there by by uh, right means, it's God's authority. Right. And if you re, if we resist that authority, right? For whosoever the verse two, therefore, resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they uh, that resist shall receive to themselves damnation and so judgment and punishment comes discipline comes when we reject the authority that God has in our life why do we obey well look at verse 3 for rulers are not a terror to good works but to the evil and I know what comes up now it's is well the 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 police are crooked and this happens and and they, they overexert their power and they take advantage of this and they do this And of course that happened, it has always happened, it has always been, but I'm telling you, if you look out over in general, that doesn't happen as often as media wants you to believe. It doesn't happen that often. Are there bad apples? Always, always, always there'll be a bad apple. There'll always be somebody who goes over their authority. And it goes beyond what, beyond the the great word is jurisdiction. They will go beyond their jurisdiction and act out of line. It's always there. But can I tell you, the principle here is by and large, by and large, the average police officer, the average person in authority in your life is uh, just there to do their job. And like it says here, Uh, is not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is a minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. And so what is the authority? We talk about just governmental authority they are there to restrain evil that's their job is to restrain evil and uh by and large we're thankful for that right no we're never thankful when 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 we're the one who gets pulled over right but we're still thankful we're we're thankful for the one not us because you know the gun was probably off the the target you know the radar gun was probably not calculated right or not, uh, whatever the word is I'm looking for. And, uh, you know, and this was, you know, my speedometer is probably off. And I was only going five miles an hour over. There's no way, no way I was going 60 in a 20. It's not possible, you know. And there's not even a sign anywhere, you know, right? And you get all defensive. But listen, when they pull over the guy going 100 miles an hour through a school, school zone with kids walking down the street and they arrest him and throw him in jail, you're pretty happy about that. What are they doing? They're restraining evil, and uh, whether, whether you think you're you're evil or not, they're restraining you sometimes too. You know, we're we're happy about it in a lot of ways, but uh, they're not a terror to good works. You know, you know, if I'm driving down the road, minding my own business, somebody goes, you know, policeman. I'm like, and right, it's not a terror, right? You know when I get nervous? When you know, uh-oh, how fast, you look down, oh how fast am I going? Right? But he says they're not a terror to good works. If you're obeying the law, you're doing, they're not a terror. If you're, there's no reason uh, to fear the authority if you're doing well. And that, that was a mark, uh, listen, that was a, that was a mark of a balanced and godly home. You've got to have a fear of dad and mom. But if things were going well, you had no fear, right? In a normal home, I know there's, there's not normal settings that are outside of that, that were abusive. I'm not talking about those. But in a normal home, in a, in a, in a home that is, uh, that is uh, whatever the word I'm looking for is, uh, I mean, there, there's, there's times when there is fear because you knew it, and there's times when they're, you're enjoying life and there wasn't a fear in the world, right? And uh, it says, by obeying authority... The authority will praise you. Yeah. They become easy to get along with. Even if you get pulled over. If you respect their authority, I'm telling you it goes better. Yeah. There's all these videos online and oh my goodness, sometimes it's just like, give it a rest. You know, they're just annoying. Not the policemen, the people, trying to prove a point. Yeah. and then people see this and they're oh I'm going to try this yeah. it's amazing it's amazing right if you respond with a respect to the authority because it is God's authority how things turn out absolutely they become easy to get along with they're a minister for good so what does it look like? Look at verse 6 and 7. Obedience looks like this. For this, uh, for, for this cause pay ye tribute. Tribute means is, was the taxes on persons and lands. We don't tax, well, we, the government taxes people still because we're still slaves of the government. But the slaves of the government don't own slaves anymore. We don't pay property tax on slavery because that's illegal now. And, uh, well, for us, not for the government. But uh, So tribute was taxed on persons and lands, right? So pay tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Verse 7, render therefore all to, unto all their dues, right? Tribute, to whom tribute is due. Custom, custom is just taxed on goods, personal goods, to whom custom. Fear, to whom fear, that's that Greek word phobos, like a phobia, right people say well i don't we're not supposed to really fear god we just we just reverence god no fear is a part of it friend it absolutely is and like listen and like a um like a uh, a good relationship with a father yeah there was fear but that fear was couched in love there wasn't a dread connected to a, a good relationship. But there was definitely fear, man. There definitely was. And, uh, and this is what fear to whom fear is due. Look at honor to whom honor. You know what the problem is with the kids today that you watch go running around? There's no fear at all of authority. No fear. Yeah. No, most of them haven't had the fire whipped out of them to have any fear whatsoever. And uh, they have no fear of authority, no fear of policemen. They'll attack a policeman. You know, you'll see it online. They'll attack some officer at the school, and they'll just have uh, 20 of them gang up on them. And, you know, the guy's fighting for his life here, just trying to, you know, my goodness. And uh, no fear at all. And so people in authority, watch, we, we should interact with them differently than we do others. You should interact with them differently. Then you do others. Can I tell you this? God's not the old man upstairs. That drives me crazy. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, "God is in heaven and we are on earth." There is a difference there. There's absolutely a difference. You're right? Your husband is not the old man. Your wife is not the old lady. I hate that. I just hate that. It's so demeaning on both ways. The police officer isn't a smoky or a pig or anything like that. I don't. I don't even like the word cop. You know, they're officers. I know a cop is an acronym for constable on patrol, but it's never. It doesn't seem to be used as. I think there's more respectful ways words you can use than that nowadays. You know, right. if you're in the military, brother Chuck, uh, brother Bonds, brother Br- brother Healy, your drill sergeant was never dude, right or man. Hey man, <laughs> he was going to show you man, right <laughs> and. Uh, and we had some friends of ours. Their son went to the military about 1981, and uh, the term, the term then, remember, was mellow out. And he told his drill sergeant, "Mellow out, man." <laughs> Did that once. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Your pastor is not Bill or Joe or 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 Susan. Definitely not Susan or Sally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's just there, there's ways. That we interact differently with the authorities in our life. There's a place of irreverence that we put in them, and and we need to look at it differently. You know, there's there's to this day. I mean, I mean, I I am I'm I'm I think I'm beyond young adulthood and well into adulthood and uh, uh, getting to the downward slope. Even if you look at how many years somebody might have left, and there are still people I cannot call by their first name. Why? Because they're older. They have. There's a place of, of authority, and uh, and it's uh, it's the way I think it ought to be. So, but let me tell you this. What about those who are in authority that are bad? When it comes to something illegal, no, we're not obligated to obey. Or you know, no. I better not complain about that one. Well, there are places to lodge complaints over illegalities, and you ought to. Okay, I'm not talking about that. What about when it comes to something that that you just it seems it seems unbiblical and or maybe it just doesn't seem like the best and you don't know what to do with it? I'd like to remind you of Eli and Hannah. Hannah or Eli was the priest. God it was God's authority over Israel. He was the priest, right? Israel knew what a rotten priest he was. His sons were taking bribes, right? All sorts of, you know, Um, uh, stuff going on, right? At the temple and things like that. Fornication, things of the like of his sons. And the Bible says he didn't restrain them. That's the big thing right there. He didn't restrain them. Kids have a free will and they can be restrained and restrained and restrained and they'll still go. The the key is Eli never stopped them. He never said, son, this is wrong. Cut it out, right? They just went on. But here comes Hannah. And she wants a man child of the Lord. She begins to pray to the Lord and ask the Lord and ask the Lord. And God opens her womb, right? Remember that? Gives her her Samuel. And what did she do? She brought him up to the temple and left him with Eli. She left him with Eli. Why? What was still God's authority? One of the greatest lessons you can learn in your life is how to how to how to respond biblically to bad authority. Because God's going to allow bad authority in our lives. So we learn how to respond to them biblically too. And God blessed her and blessed Hannah, uh, blessed Samuel. He blessed them, even though she left him with bad authority. And God took care of Eli and the sons. Yeah. I think one of the reasons David waited 14 years to... To get to the throne, it was one of the last members of Eli's family. He died before he became king. It took a while. I'm going to leave it there, but I'm talking about authority. What do we do? We pray for him. Pray for authority. I exhort you, therefore, 1 Timothy chapter 2, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. That will listen to this that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth a quiet and peaceable life what do you do? pray for those that are in authority watch the complaining spirit pray for them when you don't agree pray for them when they make bad decisions pray for them that they have wisdom pray for them that they have protection against Satan it's one of the ways that Satan attacks us today it absolutely is a complaining spirit complaining about God's authority in our life. And uh, when it comes, we need to be ready with the Word of God to combat the, the complaining spirit, to respond biblically to it. And I'm telling you, uh, the Lord will bless that, and you'll watch victory in your life. we got to go. Father, thank you for your Word today. Uh, would you bless it? Help us, God. Help us uh, to not have a complaining spirit. We know it's easy. For all of us, it's easy to have that. And would you, would you help us to be alert and aware of that uh, tactic and enemy of Satan? and that, we'd, that we would combat that with your word quickly. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.